Hello and welcome again. I am Pastor Deborah and you are you. Welcome. We're in another word of encouragement for the year 2023. This is word of encouragement number 18. And I want to say thank you to YouTube for hosting and allowing Pastor Deborah and the word of God and agape love and so many other teachings to come on their platform. Thank you. You're a wonderful ministry. God's working through you. This word of encouragement is going to help you here in this new year. We also want to let you know and give a big thank you to Pixabay for this wonderful motion video and to Zoom Pro, who I'm recording through with no green screen because I don't like them. Tried them. So if I look fuzzy or my hands disappear or strange things happen around my hair, that's okay. Just close your eyes and listen. It's the words that are important. This is going to be entitled, Who Shall Live, Abide, Spiritually, in the House, the Temple, the Heart, the Tabernacle of the Lord God of Israel? That's right. This motion video sort of represents the house of the Lord, his presence, his temple, his throne room, his heart, his tabernacle. That's right. And these lines and these pink could be you, our angels. And he wants to ask you this question. Who of you shall live in this? Pastor Deborah does. I abide in it spiritually, my forever person. That's right. And that's who this video, this teaching and word of encouragement is for. So I'm coming through your soul to get to your forever person. But I know you're sitting out there right now in the garden. You're listening. And you'll eventually get back in your body. You're having what they call an out-of-body experience. That's right. I understand. Yeah, it's strange. I have them all the time. No, you're not crazy. Everybody has out-of-body experiences. Everybody. Even babies in the womb. Children, infants, they all move. Their spirits are all capable of leaving their physical body. Yep, It's a gift from God. So let's pick up first with prayer. Then we'll get into the teaching. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Pixabay and Zoom and YouTube and all the other social media outlets where they are working, providing you an outlet to bring forth your words, your teachings. So, Father, bless them. Help them. Help them to get on up to the moon, to Mars and beyond and thousands of years to come. Father, be about your work of fulfilling Isaiah 61 and 62 and giving everybody a Hebrews 4.12 if they want it while they're here. A spiritual circumcision of their spirit from their soul's lust, the miry clay, so you can teach the spirit. And Father, help us to hear spiritually your words and desire to implant them in our spirit. So they may grow the righteous fruit you're looking for in our spirit. That will then 
reach out and shine out to our souls and transform our souls into the proper helpmate for the spirit. So both the spirit, the soul, and the physical body can be about your work here on this planet. In whatever realm we are in, we will be representatives, ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, you. So help us, Father, as you teach us. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. We're going to be working here to answer this question. Who shall live and abide spiritually? That means you're forever person. In the house, the temple, the heart, the tabernacle of the Lord God of Israel. I always say that because there are a lot of gods claiming to be Lord. Lord means owner and master. A lot of times you will hear that. I'm the Lord of the manor. I'm the Lord of this business. I own it. It's all mine. So I have to clarify sometimes so you will understand. We're going to go to Psalms 15, 1 through 3. This is King David of ancient Israel. He wrote a song, a poem, a prayer, a petition. He wrote it down. And we thank David for being a writing man, a singing man, a poetic person, a musician. Because through him we hear so much about ourselves, about God and others. So let's take a listen to King David. Psalms 15, verse 1. Lord, all right, he's addressing it to the God of Israel. King David's God, even though King David was a king of Israel, he recognized there's somebody that owns me, it's bigger than me, that I serve for to his people, Israel. So he goes, Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Do you ever ask God questions like that? The word tabernacle means house. House of prayer. House of beauty. Mm -hmm. Who shall spiritually dwell, live in your holy hill? Now, how we understand what that looks like. Let's go into Athens. The Parthenon up on the high hill in Athens. The temple high above. Just about every temple of every religion is usually on a high place and if their bottom part can't be high they build up the steeple so David said there is a high holy hill where your tabernacle is now when he was praying this singing this he's up there in the place high in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. which was high up. They were taught from ancient days, the Israelites, God inhabits mountains, the high place. When a king sits on a seat, on a throne, he's high off the floor. That's right. So David understood kings, glory. Lords, high places, where you put the mosque, where you put the temples, 
high rocks, high mountains. And he says, who shall spiritually dwell there with you? Live in your holy hill. Have you seen some of the monasteries? Oh my gosh, they're up in cliffs. High mountains. David had a question for his God. Do you ever ask that of your God? Verse 2. God's going to answer. In verse 2, God answers David. He that spiritually walks, lives his life uprightly in the eyes of the Lord. How you live your life, you speak, you treat your neighbors, you treat yourself according to the Lord's ways. His commands, his decrees, his laws. And you work and you do spiritual righteousness. What is spiritual righteousness? According to King David's Lord. Well, you got to know his laws. You got to know what he considers is right and just. How you treat yourself, your people, animals, nature, the earth, all the living creatures. So you have to study his word. So David's Lord and God is saying, he, you, the forever person. This is all spirit work now. Who spiritually lives from your spirit. Lives uprightly in righteousness. In the eyes of the Lord. According to his laws and commands. And works. Does spiritual righteousness. And spiritually speaks. The Lord's spiritual truth. Of his heart. In his mind. To himself and to others. It's an internal thing that's going on. Your spirit must get truth. It must know the laws of God. And in the spirit realm, your spirit must be doing spiritual righteousness. That's one realm. Then your spirit tells your soul what to do. And your soul might speak Words of love. Now we have problems out here. Because we see people wanting to give food. But yet they don't raise their children right. We have politicians that make the sign of the cross. And they want to kill babies. They lie to you right on the cameras. They work for other governments. They're corrupt. Mm -hmm. Don't even follow the constitution. They take their pen and their pencil and they say, I don't have the authority to do this, but I'm doing it. That's not a righteous person. God would never do that. That's an unrighteous person. Where's he getting that? From his God, who he's serving. That's right. So God is saying, David, I'm going to look inside of you. I'm going to look at your spirit. I'm going to see what's there. I'm going to see who you're listening to. What words are in your spirit? What is your spirit doing? Why are you praying for blessings? What are you seeking? What are your petitions about? 
What do you do when you have dreams? What is going on in your spiritual life? Then he's going to look at what you're doing in your thoughts, your images, your imagination, your desires. What's really going on? Why you do what you do? What comes out of your mouth and your actions and behaviors? He's looking at all three parts, spirit, soul, and physical body. He's saying, when you speak God's words to your spirit, your spirit speaks that out, and you do spiritual things out in the world, then you're righteous. But you also have to do it to others. If you go to church, you're a faith-based person, And you're taught to love your neighbor. And then you go to school and you teach something else besides loving your neighbor, forgiveness and mercy to those who abused you. You are not righteous. That's right. If you are confused about things, you are accusing other people of doing things that you're doing. You're trying, if you're holding hate and unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Why do you want money? What's your purpose for getting money? Why do you do what you do? God is looking. That's what King David is saying. Well, I don't know if what I'm doing is going to let me live in your temple. If I'm worthy. I I watch some strange movies. I just watched a wonderful movie called The Shalon Temple. It's a Chinese movie about a warlord who killed a lot of people, was full of hate and anger. And he lost his little girl and his wife, and he ends up being a monk. And they talk. It's a, it's a, from the Buddhist uh, point of view, but it deals with repentance, forgiveness, peace, letting go of hate and anger and murder. And changing your life. And then turning around and giving your life to save others. God is out there moving through movies. Through all kinds of things to help you to see what is righteous and unrighteous. See what a jealous heart can do. And how it will lead to death of yourself and others. And the only way out is repentance and turn. So God is saying, hey, I'm going to go look and see what you're thinking, what you're believing in, what you're feeling. I I work with people all over the world. And those that have been sexually abused, they want healing. Some do, some don't. God's looking. He wants you to be here in this temple with him. And he has to look and see the motives of your heart, your mind, your soul. Why you do what you do. Do you have ulterior motives? He's looking. He's seeking. A lot of people think they can do whatever they want. Is there a cultural war going on? Yes. It's a cultural war of ideas. Who you're listening to. Everything is getting perverted again. Preparing the way for some other thing that wants to be 
the God of this world. And he's trying to prepare the way before him. He's using everything and everybody he can. And King David is saying, yes, I understand that. But who? And he's really asking about himself. Will I live and abide in your temple? Will I be one of these that walk among your beauty, that are welcomed in your temple? When you watch a lot of, like I said, the monks' movies, this was from China long time ago, you see the life of a Chinese monk. They were very disciplined physically. They didn't eat much. They served the poor. They studied. They read. They had rituals. It wasn't a life for everybody. A lot of them were orphans. People like this soldier, this general, who lost everything. And he knew the only way to help his brother was filled with hate and jealousy, greed was for his brother to repent and find forgiveness. He knew that was the only way that a life could be changed. You can find God speaking through everything if you're looking. So now we are taken to Isaiah 33, 15 through 17. Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet. They came after King David. He was used powerfully by God, both in the natural, to the nation of Israel. And through his words and his visions, he had a lot of trips with God into the holy hill. Verse 15. He, a spiritual man, that's your forever person, that spiritually walks, that means lives, thinks, believes, acts, does, righteously and speaks spiritually upright you that forever person who spiritually despises hates abhors the gain gotten through deceit the ties the lust the oppressions that spiritually shake their hands, make deals from holding of bribes. He is saying that if you're a spiritual person that doesn't like somebody makes deals, takes bribes, money under the table, tries to hide it from politics and leaders, Wanting to get money. Sell out your own country. Family. People. Said you must despise those acts. Those deeds. You also must stop listening. To those. Who desire blood. From hearing of. Killing. Supporting those that kill babies. Animals. For trophies. Clubbing. Little baby seals. Killing dogs. For their cortisol. For sexual pleasure. You must despise and stop listening to. 
those who go after money through sickness, disease, who want to be powerful authority figures and tell you what to do. They're not your God. Your government is not your God. The government leaders are not your God. You must be a person, he is saying, who will be in my holy hue. You must stop listening to those people who want to invade other nations. Like it's going on right now. You must stop listening to them. Somebody who wants to control everything. We see the uprisings. We see the control of media. We see the weaponizing of government against the people. You must be able to look at all of those actions. Those politicians, political leaders, and see who are they really serving. They're not serving the Lord God of Israel. Because he works from the spirit out. He doesn't tell you. He gives you the freedom to choose how to act. He's after your spirit. Not money. Not blood. Not trophies. That's all flesh. And that's in your soul. So David's Lord goes on and says also. You must not listen to those people who protest for abortion, killing of innocent ones in a womb. But it's okay to sexualize children. And it's okay to lie. Not even tell the truth to your wife about what you do on the computer. That it's okay to twist truths. What is this and what is that? That there is no truce anymore. And you must go back and make people pay for what happened centuries and centuries ago. And we're going to decide everything based on the color of your skin. King David's Lord is saying you must not listen to that. Those are unrighteous works that do not come from him. You also must shut your mind, even your eyes if necessary, from looking on, believing in, going along with, and seeing, and approving of, and partaking in what your eyes want to see. The lust of your eyes, the lust of your flesh, and the pride of your life. You must understand your soul and its desires for pleasure, glory through the physical body. You must understand why do you love sports so much and games? Why do you love bingo? Why do you desire what you desire? Saying you must look. And those most of those things you must turn away from. Verse 6, he shall spiritually dwell on high. Who? Those that turn away from these things, don't believe in them, can rebuke them. He says, he shall spiritually dwell on high. This God, this throne, this tabernacle, it's on high. 
It's way above the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. It's not of this earthly world and what you see. It's none of this. And he is saying his spiritual man's spiritual place of spiritual defense shall be the spiritual rocks and cliffs of this high place. When you live in your mind and your spirit high up where he is, the Lord of King David, that high place, the rocks that are below you will be your protection. Bread and life, he says, revelations shall spiritually be given to you when you are living in the tabernacle of the Lord. On the high holy hill, sort of as a monk, you will get the revelations you're seeking. You will be spiritually given them to your forever person. And his spiritual waters of light and love and joy and peace and truth and righteousness will fall on you, fill you completely. We know in the earthly world, our earthly body is 80% water. It must have water to live. It's in everything. And he is comparing. In order to live in righteousness, you must have his living water flowing into your spirit. Filling your spirit. His words, his spirit, his life, his food. And you get all of that in his high, holy tabernacle. That's not on this planet or yours. It's high in a realm beyond your understanding. Verse 7 of Isaiah. Your spiritual eyes shall spiritually see kings in his spiritual beauty. When I am here, I see him. He's a king. His son, Christ Jesus, is a king. All my family of believers, we're all kings. And I can see you in your beauty. They shall spiritually behold the spiritual kingdom of heaven. That's not very far off. When you get to this high place, this holy hill, this tabernacle, The kingdom of God becomes uncovered from your eyes. You see king's majesty. We get a glimpse of that when we watch England and their pomp and circumstance. The king and their beauty. We just watch that in a funeral service. We're going to see that maybe by the time this happens in a coronation of a king. God is using Nations. For a while it used to be Egypt. Maybe Greece. Then Rome. and The Caesars. To understand kingdom. 
temples, worship, all of that in the natural were but shadows through the soul of a forgotten place, twisted and perverted by the Satan, the king of darkness, who was trying to build in the earth and in the realm of the spirit on earth his kingdom. That's why you have kings and majesty and crowns, holy places, monks. That's right. It's all a shadow. Now let's go back to Psalms 15, 1 through 3, verse number 3. He that spiritually backbites, not with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, or spiritually takes up a reproach, bad words, lies, attacks against his neighbor. So now you have to think differently and do things differently. When you get up in front of a platform, you're a politician, and you speak evil of other people, calling them terrorists and domestic terrorists, and you can't even follow the laws of your own constitution, your own government, and you're greedy. You hide your life and your finances from people. And you call killing innocent children perfectly okay. Stealing and corrupting. And you speak that your neighbors are evil and wicked. You are not doing right. He is saying, if you want to live in this holy temple, this tabernacle of God, and see the kingdom of heaven and be among kings and be a king yourself. You cannot spiritually backbite people. Lie about them. Lie to the cameras. Tell one thing to get elected and turn around and do something else. You cannot call human beings evil, wicked words. You must control your mouth and your thoughts. If you take up an attack against your neighbor because they're a different religion, political party, sex, no sex, age, maybe they're rich, skin color, you will not be in the tabernacle of the holy hill. You'll be outside of it. And that takes us over to Exodus 23. One through two. And then we should be finished with this word of encouragement. Verse one. Exodus was written by Moses. He had been an Israeli baby. A Hebrew is what they called him, which means wanderers. His parents had been of the tribe of Levi, who were the guardians of the word of God, until another tribe named Judah could come up. And he was given up into adoption to an Egyptian princess, raised in Egypt to be a prince. So he could read and write, and he was a warrior, a builder, and God was going to use him to set his word free, his people free. He had a plan, 
And Moses was a part of it. And this is what Moses wrote in Exodus 23, 1 through 2. You shall not praise, you shall not speak a false report. If you're a reporter, you're an intelligence officer, CIA people, congressman, politician, mother, father, you don't lie and speak what is false. Put not your hand with the wicked. Don't join them to be an unrighteous witness. Now, half the time, most of these people are blind, deaf, and dumb, and they don't know the truth. But they vote, they support, they send money, they like on social media, and they hang around with those people. But Moses is saying, don't you put your hand, don't you vote with them, don't you go along with them, don't you support them in your comments, in your writings, don't you do that. Because you will be an unrighteous witness. You'll be wicked to this God. He will look at you in your spirit, soul, and body and say, you are unrighteous. You do not represent me. And you are not in the temple. Cannot come up here. I won't allow it. Verse 2. You shall not follow a multitude to do evil. First, you have to find out, are you a part of the herd? Then what is evil? Who defines what evil is? Your government, your politicians, your family members, your religion, your sex. Who defines what is evil? Is it bad? Is it wrong? Is it a crime? Who defines it? Evil is usually a spiritual word. You will not find that in the mental health world. And people don't want to use it because they know where it comes from. It comes from God of Israel. He defines what evil is. And people don't want to believe that what they're doing and thinking, supporting is evil. Also, verse 2 says, you shall not speak, judge. A cause, a person, a situation. Declare something about it. After you've taken money for it. A bribe. I'll take care of you. If you'll bring the right judgment. Many judges are this way. They are unrighteous. They don't follow the law. Many district attorneys don't follow the law. Many school systems. We're not going to follow that. Many people, they will not decline to take the money. They don't care. They just want the money. But he is saying if you do that, and then you bring judgment, or you make a decision, or you follow somebody who's paid you, or you get goodies, you are unrighteous, and you will not be in this holy temple. Unrighteousness cannot come. Now remember, it's not the deed itself. The deed itself 
your words that come out of your mouth yourself. That's not the problem. The problem is we learn that if it comes out of your mouth or you do something, you've already done it in your thoughts. Your motives are in your soul. Why you do something is in here. You've already done it. This was explained to us later on in the New Testament. When some people came to this young rabbi named Christ Jesus and asked him about this adulterous lady. Now, they didn't complain about the man that was with her. He says, look, I'm not interested in that, that behavior. I'm interested that if you think it in your mind to do it, if you look at her, And you start lusting, even if you've never done it. You've already done it in your mind. Your mind is unrighteous and it's wicked and evil. So if you've done it physically, you've already done it in your mind. And the motives are there. Of course, you don't tell anybody. God's looking at your thoughts, your motives, deep inside of your soul. Why are you doing what you're doing? He's looking for that unrighteousness, and it's there. We see a lot of it out in the world. A lot of it we don't ever see. But he does. Pastor Deborah can. I can hear your thoughts. I can see your images you've created in your mind. I know your heart. And you will not be in this. Holy heal as King David is. So he was asking this God, who can be up there? What determines us being able to be in this righteous, holy temple with you? In this tabernacle where you are. So we learned a lot from this word of encouragement. You have to have righteous thoughts. Righteous motives. Can't be doing everything that everybody else does. You have to live pure and holy in your mind, your heart, and out to your neighbor. And I'm going to leave it right there. So you start thinking about yourself. You ask God to look at you and see if you are worthy of being in his holy tabernacle high up among the other kings and the kingdom of heaven if you are then welcome if you're not we need to help you get there and he's made a way for that through repentance you ask god to forgive you if you watch that movie shalon temple you will see this general how he had to be come awakened To his heart, his evil, his killing, his heart, his anger, his jealousy, his greed. Took some time. He had a friendly monk helping him. And he thought. And he watched. And he learned how to help and serve people. For the right reasons. Slowly over time, his heart changed. He was able to forgive and let go of the past and his anger and his hate and his killing. He was able to forgive and have peace. He became a monk 
And he started training then to be a righteous monk, to fight for the innocent ones, to be in a monastery, separated from people, but yet among them. But his heart and mind became disciplined. He got his physical body into shape. And then he had to lay down his life to protect instead of kill. He reached out to his brother who was filled with hate and jealousy and greed. And trying to save him. And to tell him the only way to repent was to save his soul. And at the end, you could see the brother who needed help saw the devastation, the destruction that his greed and hate and jealousy had caused on other people. He began to cry. When you write books and stories and tell, and you tell lies about other people, you're jealous, envious. You want what they have, but you can't do it because your heart's not right. You want to lie and cheat your way somewhere. You're willing to destroy family members, beautiful traditions and things, all to lift yourself up. Mm -hmm. We see it all the time. People hanging on to the past, hanging on to memories and hurt and pains and jealousy, greed and won't let it go. But here in this word of encouragement, you can. You can let it go. You go watch that movie. The Shalon Temple. It's all in Chinese. I had to read it. I had closed captioning on. Mm -hmm. Excellent. It's about repentance, forgiveness, love, and mercy versus greed and hate and what comes of it. Righteousness versus unrighteousness. Discipline and how only certain people make it up here into the throne, the tabernacle, the temple of King David's Lord and God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for helping us understand a deep message today. Father, bring into your kingdom those who do not know you yet through the blood of the cross. Father, help those who are yours and have gone astray to see their evil wickedness that they have been doing. Bring them all home. Bring them all into the living waters, into your temple, your tabernacle, high up on the hill in the kingdom of heaven. Be about your work, Father. Help them to come home to who they really are. Help them to let go of what is below. Help them to give up the past, the memories, the hurt, the jealousies, the unforgiveness. And look at their neighbor with your eyes of love and mercy and forgiveness. Father, help them so they can be one who can live in their tabernacle high up on your holy hill as all these other kings are. Where you are, where your presence and your living water is. Help them to come home and be about your work in the name of Christ Jesus. If you want that, it's done. You want to be a king and live in the holy mountain and have your heart cleansed of hate, jealousy, pride, unforgiveness. He'll help you. If you want to be a king in his kingdom here on earth with righteous acts, thoughts and images and deeds, 
he'll help you. But first, let the light come in on your acts. Let him touch you with your deeds, the evil wickedness and what you have done. And then go forward into the very tabernacle temple of the kingdom of heaven and stand with the kings in front of the king of kings, the Lord of lords and the most high God, God himself and Christ Jesus. So you can bow your knee and Righteousness, stand in honor and glory as one of his. And I'll see you on the next word of encouragement here on the Hidden Kingdoms channel with Pastor Deborah. Bye.